1: Before we start this episode of All the Books, we just want to remind you and invite you all to hang out with us and the Book Riot crew and a whole bunch of amazing authors and writers and publishing industry speakers and other readers, which is the best part, at Book Riot Live. It's coming up super soon, November 12th and 13th in New York City. Check out BookRiotLive.com for the whole lineup and use the offer code MORE CATS, M O R E C A T S, all one word, to save 20 bucks on your weekend registration. If you can't come for the whole weekend, you can get just a Saturday or just a Sunday ticket, but we would love to see you both days. We'll be doing a live version of this show. There will be parties, g- games, a photo area, and some surprises. So come hang out with us, bookriotlive.com, and the offer code is More Cats M-O-R-E-C-A-T-S.
0: You're listening to All the Books a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 78, and today we are talking about books released on October 25th, 2016, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my pink-haired sister from another Mr. Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from
1: bookriot.com. Oh man, that's what we should have gotten on our t-shirts for Book Riot Live.
0: (laughs) It just popped into my head while we were talking about our hair (laughs)
1: earlier before the show. Yep. The pre-show banter is not nearly as exciting as folks would guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's pretty sad sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well it's we always record on Mondays, but we're a few hours early this week, so it's like Monday morning. I'm still half asleep. Oh uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> it was the readathon this weekend. I am still catching up on sleep from that.
1: Ooh, how many books did you read? Nine. Whoa girl.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, but three of them are graphic novels.
1: so. Will those count?
0: No, I know they count, but I'm saying, like, you know, they're easier to read.
1: <laughs> but they well, totally that's... count. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was I, great. fun. I read zero pages of anything this weekend. Um, <laughs> Bob and I went to Baltimore to visit some friends that we hadn't seen in a while, but I did knock out several more Hours of the Fireman by Joe Hill on audio. So Nice. Audio counts as reading, too. Did you we see got, John Waters? I, I did not. I don't know anyone who goes to Baltimore who doesn't see John Waters. I managed not to. We were um, out and about. It was a beautiful weekend, and we were sort of all over the city, and sadly, no John Waters.
0: Um, we'll I know. Have, we'll have to go I'll look just, for him.
1: I'll have to go back. We'll go on a yeah. John Waters hunt. Maybe we could get John Waters for the next book. That would be That would be amazing. Um, and then okay. for our,
0: our our all the books recording, we could have little pencil thin mustaches, yes. in honor of John Waters.
1: I would probably just resign, and then you and John Waters could host all the books together. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I keep delaying because
0: I really haven't woken up, but <laughs> let's get rolling. Now or never. Okay, my first pick today. I uh, wasn't planning on talking about this until November 15th, and then I was looking it up for another reason last night, and they had moved the date up, so I was like, ah! That's surprise! recording. Surprise! Um, I did mention it in our fall preview. I love it. It is Am I Alone Here? Notes on Living to Read and Reading to Live by Peter Orner. Um, it's out from Catapult, Those Fabulous People, and as I mentioned in the fall preview, it is an epic nerd prayer. It is a really great memoir, but it is also a book about books. You know how much I love a book about books. I figured I might as well do this one first and get it out of the way. So check off your bingo card, book about books. <laughs> um, it's essays that Orner wrote. He is a prolific reader. One of us, one of us. And he's written these essays about how literature affects our lives at different times, um, how when we read a book, it can be as important Uh, when we read it, as what we read, like how different books affect us at different times. Um, And he talks about reading, you know, how you can get in as much reading as possible, like reading whenever and wherever you can. Uh, He discusses several famous authors, um, things that they've said throughout throughout their careers, um, ways that they have been interpreted, things that they didn't say that people have sort of foisted on them. Um, It's He calls it, Orner himself calls it, a book of unlearned criticism that stumbles into memoir. And I think that's a really great description of it. Um, There's also an amazing description from Brock Clark, the author. He calls Mm -hmm. it uh, part mixtape, part elegy, part celebration, part recommendation list which I really liked. I think that's a really good description of this as well. Um, but like I said, it's also a memoir. He talks about fatherhood and, and you know, having children. He talks about the end of his marriage. He talks about the death of his father and what he was reading during all these things and how they affected him and how they um, you know affected his, his taste in books and how he felt about the books at the time. Um, it's, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. Uh, get ready to underline pretty much everything in the book. The actual cover of the book is a book with like a million little post-it notes in it. And I was like, yeah, they know. Like, they know that's exactly what this book is <laughs> going to look like when you're finished. Because there's just so many great things about books and reading and the reading life. And if you're a prolific reader, you like this will speak to you on so many levels. Again, it's called Am I Alone Here? Notes on Living to Read and Reading to Live by Peter Orner.
1: Speaking of, and this is a perfect segue this time around, books that you're going to underline everything in, my first pick this week is On Living by Carrie Egan. Uh, She has been a hospice chaplain for uh, many, many years now, and so her job is to go visit and sit with and talk with people who are dying and their families and loved ones. And- Uh, This is a memoir. It's a collection of stories that her patients have told her um, and the lessons that she's learned from those experiences. And it is beautiful. Uh, You might think this sounds like a depressing topic. And she says that often people don't want to her friends and like people at book club don't want to hear the stories about what her days at work are like because uh, they assume that her days must be depressing and sad since she's dealing with people who are at the end of their lives but it's actually quite the opposite um she tells these individual stories from people that she has spent time with uh, who gave her permission to retell their stories. And some of them are about the secrets that people have kept their whole lives because they didn't want to hurt someone else or because they thought that keeping the secret was better than risking the potential rejection or shame or judgment that they might get from people if others knew the truth about them Uh, and the pain that holding those kinds of things in causes. Uh, She talks about sort of shifts in priorities that people finally experience at at the ends of their lives when they reframe the decisions that they've made and what that regret can look like, but also what the liberation and happiness and celebration can look like of finally doing things in the way that you feel you are meant to do them. And she reflects very much on what her job means, that a chaplain is not a pastor, a chaplain isn't a preacher. It's not her job to tell people how to interpret their experience or to tell them uh, a certain religious view on it. It's her job to sit with people and to hold a space open where they can speak and make sense of what they are experiencing in the process of dying, which she frames as another verb. It's When you are dying, you are doing a thing you've never done before. And so you have to learn how to do it and you have to make meaning of it in the same way that you have to learn how to do and make meaning of any new experience. It's so, so thoughtful. Um, There's a a heavier memoir thread that runs through it as well, because she talks about experiencing psychosis for uh, for a few years after giving birth to her first child. It was uh, triggered by a drug that was given to her during an emergency C-section and how the experience of having lost her mind and the shame that she felt uh, from that and the daily impact that it continues to have on her has shaped the way that she thinks about how she deals with her patients. She talks about mistakes that she's made, um, about times that she failed to sit with a patient because it was just too difficult for her um, and gives us as just humans trying to do the right thing for other humans. Advice in the process about how to be there for the people that you love when they are having difficult experiences. It is, it's just a gorgeous book. Um, I wanted to read it slowly, but I tore through it and underlined a bunch of things. Uh, it's, it's really, really lovely. Uh, I think particularly if you are dealing with uh, illness or death in your family or with someone that is close to you, this would be a great read. Um, I'm not personally in that situation right now, uh, but it had so much that applied to just how I think about what our duties are to the people that we love and how it can be hard, but the most important thing to show up for those people and make a space for them and make it not about you. Uh, it's really, really, really wonderful. And again, it's called on living by Carrie Egan.
0: I sometimes I can just tell which ones are going to be Rebecca books. Um, <laughs> I have not read this one. Cause I was like, Rebecca's going to read that.
1: Yeah, it came, I think it came in book mail several months ago uh, when I was going through stuff from publishers and I was like, yep, that's going to be one. <laughs> It's it's right in the wheelhouse of what I've been interested in lately, especially. But it's it's a gorgeous book. Uh, yeah. Before we roll on, we have to thank our first sponsor this week. Our friends at FabFitFun are back. FabFitFun is a subscription box that has premium, full-size fashion, beauty, fitness, and lifestyle products. So this is not like the one-time-use lotion with two squirts. Uh, It's not the little sample of eyeshadow that's just like printed on a piece of paper. This is the whole enchilada. The box comes out once each season, so they're currently selling the fall box. It always retails for $49.99, and it always has a value over $200. So you're going to get at least four times the bang for your buck, but the fall box value is actually 250. That's just super great. You can subscribe at fabfitfun.com to give you a peek of what you're going to find inside because most of the fun with these boxes is the surprise. You get to be surprised by what's in it. You get to discover new products that you haven't heard of or that you haven't tried before. But you'll get a night serum. You'll get an eyeshadow palette. You'll get French lavender body oil. You will get a mod cloth scarf. You'll get a whole bunch of other stuff. Past boxes have, include th- have included things like a uh, gift card for Headspace, which is the meditation app uh, that I love, that many people love. It's fantastic. Uh, A Pilates DVD. I got bath bombs in a previous box once that were awesome. Moroccan hair oil. This really does ring all the bells of fashion and beauty, but also fitness and lifestyle, of taking good care of yourself, of being healthy, of feeling good, and of looking good. And you can try it out again, as we said, at fabfitfun.com. Use the coupon code books to get $10 off your first box. Plus, if you refer a friend, you'll get $15 off of your box and your friend will get $10 off of theirs. So you can pay it forward and feel good while while you are doing it. Again, go to fabfitfun.com and use the coupon code books to get $10 off your first box.
0: I have no segue. Nope. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's this next book I'm going to talk about takes place in the 13th century. So I really I don't have a fab fit fun like lead-in to this. Um, <laughs> they did so, not
1: have Pilates DVDs it, back then.
0: No. They probably had Pilates, but they just called it something else. Um so as I mentioned I did the Dewey's Readathon this past weekend and one of the books I read what just absolutely blew me away. It was so amazing. It's called The Inquisitor's Tale, or The Three Magical Children and Their Holy Dog, by Adam Gidwitz, and illustrated by Hatem Ali. It came out September 27th. I don't know how I missed it. It's so good. So I went to Water Street Bookstore in Exeter, New Hampshire, to see an event, a couple of events. Um, I think it was the Bonnie Jo Campbell event. And one of the booksellers there was like, oh, my God, you have to read this book. And I was like, okay. You know, she shows it to me. She's like, so it takes place in the 13th century. And I was like, oh, I'm out. It's already too smart for me. I'm having, like, Name of the Rose flashbacks, you know, which was, like, the 14th century, but, like, those early centuries. I'm like, it's so hard. She's like, no, no, it's totally, it's totally fine. They have a magic dog. I was like, oh, I'm sold. Okay, magic dog. I am in. Give that to me right now. So I read it. It's incredible. It starts out at this French inn in 1242. And they're telling the stories of these three children. There's Jean, who has the ability to see the future. There's William, who's kind of like, like, monk-hulk. He has, like, supernatural (laughs) strength. Uh, There's Jacob, who has the ability to heal wounds. And together with their magical greyhound, they take on demons, knights, monks, a farting dragon, and more. Um, And they have these adventures all around France until they have the final showdown, the final test. Um it's it's amazing. I like I looked it up I was like how did I miss this when it came out? There's nothing but raves. It's got like a bazillion like you know stars and and everybody loves it. It's so so good. It's told in multiple narratives. It's absolutely beautiful storytelling. It's wildly original. It seems I mean I couldn't actually tell you if the history is correct, but it seems to have been thoroughly researched. Um, the, it, has an ama- it has amazing illustrations, just absolutely great, like, throughout the whole book. Uh, they recommend it for grades 5 through 10, but, you know, psh, everyone should read it. I, it's really for all ages. Everyone will enjoy it. I think it would be a really great read aloud for, like, your like younger children towards that, like, grade 5 level. Um, it's, it's so fantastic. I don't want to give anything else away about it, but so much fun. Magic dog. That's all I have to say. Let's look at the two words. Like, shoot, you had me at magic dog. Um, so I want to give a shout out to Jill. Thank you, Jill, for recommending this book. I loved it. Again, it is called The Inquisitor's Tale or The Three Magical Children and Their
1: Holy Dog by Adam Gidwitz and Hatem Ali. We're just going to continue not having segues because uh, I don't know how to go from that to my next pick. Segues which are is- for children. That, well sure. Uh, oh, in Baltimore I did see a bunch of people on a Segway tour and mm-hmm. the Segway Tour company was called Segs in the City. Oh <laughs> so let us just appreciate that pun. I don't know. <laughs> it seemed worthy of a shout out. I was like, I see you. Dad okay. joke. Yeah, that is the dad joke of business names. Uh, My next pick, speaking of dads, here we go, uh, is Appetites, a cookbook by Anthony Bourdain. He of um, a cook's tour of No Reservations, more recently of the CNN series Parts Unknown, uh, and originally of Kitchen Confidential. That's how he uh, broke onto the scene. If you like food memoirs and you have not read that one, please run Do Not Walk. It is Excellent. Um, I've loved Anthony Bourdain for a long time. He's controversial. He has this bad boy reputation, but he has grown up in the last decade. He uh, got married. He has a child now, a daughter who I think is around nine or 10. And he had said for a long time that he wouldn't do a celebrity cookbook because he just sort of wants to reject that mold and yet Uh, glory be he has written a cookbook and it is wonderful Uh, there's excellent writing he has this phenomenal voice and if you like his voice from the show uh, you will feel that in the writing and the cookbook gets at how you know when you're a professional chef the way that you cook is different uh, from the way that most people cook for their friends and families at home. And you can bring some of those strategies and skills into your home kitchen, but cook real food that, you know, real normal people who aren't professional chefs can make uh, and it can be delicious. And the cookbook is like part philosophy about uh, how cooking plays a role in our lives and how you should approach cooking certain types of dishes. Like Anthony Bourdain has thoughts about the right way to scramble eggs and you want to read them. Or, the best way to assemble a sandwich, and it 's perfect, um, but the recipes are just also really phenomenal and i've been i 've got a galley of this months ago, so i 've been cooking my way through it. And I'm hooked on several of the recipes. Uh, Most notably, there's a black bean chorizo soup that is just about perfect. um, And I've really been enjoying that. And I always test a new cookbook by trying the roast chicken recipe. I think that's a good solid. uh, You got to be a meat eater to like Anthony Bourdain. Uh, So I am sorry, Liberty and our fellow uh, vegetarian and vegan listeners. This is not for you, uh, but it's a it's great. And he writes about How becoming a father, how taking his marriage seriously uh, changed the way that he thought about making food at home. This is a little bit sad now because I think last month uh, he announced that he and his wife were separating. But if you like to cook for the people that you love, you will find something to relate to in this cookbook, along with many delicious suggestions for things to cook for them. And these are recipes that real people can make. I am not a super skilled chef. I just really like to cook. And like, the The ingredients are not obscure, and the techniques are not difficult. Uh, Anybody can make these, and it's wonderful. And Bourdain has a real sense for uh, food being accessible to everyone, and I super appreciate that. Uh, So the cookbook, again, is called Appetites. It's by Anthony Bourdain. It also has some really phenomenal uh, photographs and illustrations throughout. So just a nice book as object, but a very tasty acquisition, in addition to your cookbook shelf. Awesome.
0: As you as you mentioned, um, as a vegan, I, I steer clear of Anthony Bourdain. I've never watched his show or <laughs> read him, but I can appreciate that he's awesome and he has a place. You know, here people love him. Um, I just I'm not going to read it.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's not for you. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think like the
0: like the first time I like googled him on the internet, he was eating something like really gross. There was a picture of him reading something, like, just alive. Like in the co- I was like, no, okay, no. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm okay just, with nope, this nope, guy. Nope. <laughs> Thanks, but I'm done. Um, let's roll on. Yes, let's roll on to one of my favorite people. I went back and forth about whether I wanted to mention this book because it's not for everyone. Um, it is for, like, a very specific audience, and that would be fans of Nick Cave, of which I am. But, you know, this is how you learn about things. Like, you don't, you hear about it from other people. People might not know that this is happening. But Nick Cave, the amazing Nick Cave, he has a book out called *The Sick Bag Song*, and it details his 22-city American tour with the Bad Seeds in 2014. And it is in fact he was taking notes on sick bags, like like in airplanes and stuff like that. Like he would write notes about like what he saw in each city and. And how he felt about it and and things like that. Um, If you do not know Nick Cave, he is an Australian singer, composer, musician, actor. He pretty much does everything. He's been in a band since like 1973, his most famous band being the Bad Seeds. Um, He's one of those cult musicians like Tom Waits, where you probably are not going to hear him on the radio. But the people who know him worship him. Like he's amazing. Um, he also had a really awesome side project called Grinderman a few years ago. So awesome. Check it out if you haven't heard that. And you've probably heard Nick Cave and not even realized it. He's, he's done music for a ton of things. His songs have been used in a ton of things. If you've ever watched Peaky Blinders, they use his song Red Right Hand for the opening credits. Um, which was also featured in episode six of season two of The X-Files. Ascension, Dwayne Berry takes Scully. I'm such a nerd. Um, But he's, like, he's a super weird genius. He's so awesome. Um, And, you know, in this book, he talks, like I said, he talks about his tour. He talks about his influences. And his ideas are just fascinating. His thought process is fascinating. It's a very personal book. And also, it's a little sad to read because he wrote this um, leading up. uh, It was his tour of 2014. And you read it and you know that, like, his life is drastically going to change after this tour because he uh, his 15 year old son died in the summer of 2015. Um, so it's it's like you know this is coming after his tour and he but he's so brilliant. They just released an album uh, last month. He went ahead with making his album after his son died. It's called Skeleton Tree. I could not listen to the whole thing. I it once. it's only eight songs long, but I was like, oh my goodness, this is so sad oh Oh, it's so much it's so beautiful but it's a lot to take at one time but i highly recommend it um it but again this book is fantastic and if you've never heard nick cave check him out he's so cool again the book is called the sick bag song and it's by nick cave woo 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 i have no segue again (laughs) i love nick cave and i love my third love bra yeah actually i have a segue because we were um i would let nick cave sign my third love bra
1: i don't know (laughs) yeah there we go (laughs) tell me about third love
0: oh you already know third love is the their 24 7 t-shirt bra is the most comfortable bra i've ever owned It is the most comfortable bra rebecca has ever owned uh it's just it's so fantastic and It's so nice to wear something that doesn't make you cranky throughout the day. Doesn't make you rush to get home to take it off. It's just so nice to wear. It's super smoothing and it's invisible under every outfit. The cups are made out of memory foam so it molds to your shape and it remembers you. Doesn't make you do anything that you don't want to. It really gives you the perfect fit. It's, oh, it's really like changed. I, I know it sounds crazy but it's really like changed my day it's so nice sometimes I don't even realize I'm wearing a bra it's just so comfortable Um, and if you if you have a problem like if you don't know like what size you are uh third love has a friendly online fit specialist that can help you find the perfect fit um and they stand behind their products so much that they are willing to let listeners try the t-shirt bra for free which a bunch of you have already I know we see people tweet at us and tell us about it it's so great um, so they'll let you try it for free. You just pay for the shipping. You wear it for 30 days. You can take the tags off. You wear it. You wash it. You do whatever you do with a bra. Normally, I can't think of any other things other than that, but if there's anything weird, please don't tell us. Um, if you love it, keep it, and they'll charge your card. If you don't love it, you send it back for free, and your card will not be charged. And like I said, if you don't know your size, you can hit up their friendly online fit specialist, and they'll help you figure it out. You go to thirdlove.com slash books to get
1: started, and... It's amazing. Yeah, twice in the last week, I was talking with girlfriends about bra shopping, and um, in, in these two instances, they both were have like hard to fit sizes. Where um, Third Love has saved the day because they have half cup sizes in uh, in some of them. So like you can be an A and a half or a B and a half.
0: Oh wow! Uh, and
1: yeah, and so if you're in between sizes, like if you have been unsatisfied uh, and sad buying your bras from you know like you know major retailers that just do the A B C D thing. And like the A is too small, but the B is too big. Um, You can do half cup sizing from Third Love and their fit specialist can point you in the right direction. But for both of them, it was like, oh, I just like they've been, you know, these are women in their 30s who have been wearing bras for like two decades and who just thought that there was no such thing as a bra that was really going to fit them properly. Either they would be sort of spilling out of cups that were too small, or gaping with cups that were too big. But the half sizes uh, really saved the day for them. And they they also had that like, oh, I'm less cranky now because yes. my bra actually fits. And your clothes look better when your bra fits properly. There and then you get to feel better because you're you know you look good and you feel good and everything is fitting the way that it's supposed to fit. Um, so yeah. If, especially if you've had a hard-to-fit bra experience, I would definitely pick up Third Love. Woo! Woo! Okay. Uh, Let's see. I feel like this is a feminist thing. It's a feminist service to give women bras that fit them well. And (laughs) Carrie Brownstein would appreciate that. So this is a reach of a segue. But um, Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl, which is Carrie Brownstein's memoir, is out in paperback today. Uh, We talked about it last year when it came out in hardcover, and it is phenomenal. Uh, You might know her from Portlandia. She's on um, Transparent on uh, Amazon Prime. But before that, she was one of... Of the co-founders of the band Slater-Kinney, which rose to prominence in the feminist punk rock movement in the 90s. And this is a memoir about how she found her way into that life. Uh, it's about being an adolescent and having a really difficult family life And finding refuge in being a fan of music first, of what it was like to go to concerts and lose herself uh, rocking out. And then sort of like nerd out, trying to find the words to talk to the musicians that she admired so much. And then ultimately getting the guts to learn to play music and start auditioning for bands and, and discovering what it means to make something creative Yourself. Uh, So, in the specific, it is a memoir about being Carrie Brownstein, about learning to play music, and about how being a fan made her into a musician and shaped her creative life. But more broadly, it's a book about what that click finally feels like uh, when. You find your place and your people, uh, the like segment of culture that is just right for you, where you escape from the things that are difficult in your life, where you get new understandings, where you cope and where you start to feel bigger that you can make something interesting and exciting that keeps you going. Um, it's, it's so, it's like so quietly intimate the way that she reveals the details of her family life and the things that she has struggled with uh, in her relationships and in uh, working with her bandmates that it's, um, I think, easy to be lulled into like, oh, yeah, Carrie Brownstein's just telling me stories. But when you really sit with it, she opens up so much. She just doesn't, like, set off confetti poppers about the fact that she's opening up. Uh, but it's it's really, really wonderful and it's such a nice surprise uh, to walk away from it feeling like... I didn't just read a celebrity memoir. I didn't just learn something about Carrie Brownstein, but that frame of thinking about what making something creative can do for uh, for helping us through the difficult parts of our lives and how positive the experience of being in a creative community, whether it's, in her case, uh, musicians and comedians or, I don't know, like acting in a play or making art or whatever. Uh, it's really inspiring and so funny. And her voice is just a real pleasure to spend time with. So if you didn't get it last year, uh, pick it up in paperback this week. Hunger makes me a modern girl.
0: When you say confetti popper, I immediately got a sense of that smell that they make
1: oh that like like
0: smoky gunpowdery smell yeah Mm -hmm. it gave me goosebumps
1: Ooh, nice job (laughs) we need like surround sound and five cents podcast translation (laughs) smell vision oh (laughs) 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 now i want to watch Harold and mod um okay
0: so my last pick is a twofer yay two bucks for the price of one um there is an amazing indie publisher called Civil Coping Mechanisms, and they are releasing two books on Halloween that I wanted to mention because they're so, so great. The first is Bruja by Wendy Ortiz. Um, not only is it amazing, it has my favorite cover of the year. It and she you might know her, she wrote Excavation a memoir and Hollywood Notebook, and she's calling this a dream war. Um, and now I understand, like, I follow her on Instagram, and she takes these photos of, like, journals as she fills them out, and it's, like, every couple of days she's starting a new journal, and I'm just, like, holy cats, woman. That's amazing. Like, she just fills these journals out, and now I know why, because she's writing down everything that she remembers about her dreams, and everything she remembers about her day, and everything that she does. Um, it's just this really amazing, like I said, she calls it a dream It's about, like, people and parts of her waking life as they play out in her subconscious like what the brain can do with the information that it takes from reality and she's just documenting like the deepest recesses of her mind it's not like a i had this dream it's like it's so much more than that it's like a whole like parallel plane life that she's having in her head and she does this amazing thing with it and it turns it into this incredible book she's just really amazing And the second book that I want to mention... Oh, I'm so excited. I don't even know if I can do it. I'm going to explode. You've heard me mention it before many, many, many times. But finally, after three years, Alligators of Abraham by Robert Kloss is going to be back in print. And that is so exciting. This is one of my very favorite books. Um, It's been out of print for a few years. The publisher was very, very, very tiny. And they folded, unfortunately. And, uh, Civil Coping Mechanisms has picked it up. They're reprinting it, coming out on Halloween. So good. I sold more copies of this in the nine years of bookselling than I did of any other novel. It's this wild fever dream set during the Civil War, complete with, like, all the horrors and the politics of the day, plus alligators. There's, like, it's like, you know, the Civil War, plus alligators. There's actual, like, alligators that walk and talk and move among people. Um, it's just this brutal, brilliant book. It's told in the second-person narrative, which makes it just perfect for like this weird, holy, original story. Um, the fir- I think I've mentioned this before, but the first time I read it, I was actually sick, like I actually had a fever. And I immediately started over, because I was like, did I actually read what I just read, or am I just crazy? No, it's that bizarre and awesome. It's already being hailed as a cult classic... So fantastic. New edition coming out, complete with a blurb on the back cover from yours truly, which I cannot repeat on this show. It is not a (laughs) family-friendly blurb, but but it is the
1: best book blurb of all time.
0: (laughs) If I had to paraphrase, it says, "Um, this is the lovemaking to your cranium that you didn't know you needed. I think that's a a nice way to phrase it. Somehow it just lacks the same punch. Yeah, Yeah, it really does. But, oh my goodness, my favorite. So again, those two books are Bruja by Wendy Ortiz. And
1: Alligators of Abraham by Robert Kloss. My last pick this week is a follow-up from uh, what I said I was going to be reading next on last week's episode. I have read it and finished it and loved it. It is Deceit and Other Possibilities. It's a collection of short stories by Vanessa Wa. This came out um, in September. I just didn't get to it. Uh, But I'm so, so glad that I made time to go back. It's a debut collection and I am so pleased to have discovered Vanessa Waugh's voice. All of the stories in this collection explore immigrant families that are navigating their lives in America. Um, And it opens, the first story is about a, a guy who grew up in California, uh, but who became a movie star in Hong Kong. And like everyone over there knows him, but no one in the US really knows what a big deal he was. And he is experiencing a scandal. Photos of him with a whole bunch of women in a whole bunch of compromising positions, uh, like literal compromising positions uh, have Come out, and he had to flee Hong Kong because he was being followed by paparazzi, and basically his life was falling apart, and he's back in LA with his family uh, and hoping that they don't know that like they haven't seen the internet or that it hasn't made it over to US internet uh, coverage yet because he's just not a big deal, but sort of trying to figure out what he's going to do with his life and if there's any like hope for recovery. Uh, there's a story about a Korean American pastor who has uh, a kind of a whole secret life. Uh, and one of the uh, stories in the collection called what we have What We Need, won the Atlantic's Prize for Student Fiction. Uh, And you can see why as you read it, that Vanessa Waugh's voice is new and fresh, and she takes on the tension between especially... Uh, the American focus on self and how that uh, creates tension for immigrants from uh, more culturally and family-focused uh, communities. And each one of her characters wrestles with that in their own way. Uh, it's it's really wonderful. It's short. It's like 120 pages. Uh, you could read it in one sitting, but I really found myself uh, going slowly through it and letting each story sink in. Uh, it's wonderful. It's from a small publisher called Willow Books, uh, so you might have a little trouble finding it at the bookstore, but ask them to order it for you or look it up online. Of course, we'll have a link to it in the show notes. But if you are a lover of short stories like I am, uh, you don't want to miss this collection. It is again called Deceit and Other Possibilities by Vanessa Waugh. And All we right. did it. We did it. That is our show. Uh, what are you going to go read next? So I uh, this was
0: the last book that I was reading for the readathon, and I have a few pages left, and it's awesome. Because, speaking of, like, talking about cult classics earlier, it's called This Is a Book About the Kids in the Hall. Oh, (laughs) they're my favorite. They're so good. Um, It's by John Semley, and it is a biography of the kids in the hall. It's so fantastic. It's all about, like, he has interviews with them and with people that were influenced by them and comedians at the time, and... It's just so, so, so good. So I have a few pages left in that. And then I'm going to read The Assimilated Cuban's Guide to Quantum Santeria by Carlos Hernandez, which was compared to Kelly Link, and that was all I needed to know.
1: So. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a good
0: one. What are you going to read next?
1: I think I'm going to read Devil in a Blue Dress by Walter Mosley. Um, we're so close to Book Riot Live that it's time to start doing my homework, and I am moderating a conversation between Walter Mosley and Mara Wilson about storytelling in its many forms. Uh, so Devil in a Blue Dress was one of Mosley's books, and then uh, it was adapted for film, and he was involved in that process as well. So I'm going to be starting with, you know, what is it like telling a story on the page versus telling a story on the screen? So I got to Can read. Can I have
0: Denzel's home phone number? The bo- Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I should have put that in my contract writer for uh, for Book Riot Live. So I'm going to start doing my homework there uh, and reading Devil in a Blue Dress. And then uh, if I get to – Put a gold star on my calendar for having done that. I'm going to read American Salvage by Bonnie Jo Campbell, which is a collection of short stories that you surprised me with that you had her sign for me when you went to that event recently. And Yay. it came in the mail and I didn't know what Liberty was sending me in the mail. And it was so sweet. You, were uh, like, and- you called somebody first. like I need you to come look at this. <laughs> <laughs> But it was just a I, book. Have, I have mail from Liberty. Is it safe to open? <laughs> uh, I mean, one time you did mail me those expanding penguins that like you put in it's water true. and they grow. Yeah. Uh, so who knows? Which those were those awesome. Guys? They were awesome. It was great. Uh, so that's what I'm going to read next. And that's our show this week. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors. Don't forget to get your tickets to Book Riot Live at bookriotlive.com and use the offer code More Cats for $20 on your registration go to fabfitfun.com to get your fall FabFitFun box and use the coupon code books for $10 off. And of course, begin your journey to bra-wearing happiness with Third Love at thirdlove.com books for a free 30-day trial of the 24-7 t-shirt bra. Uh, you can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com. You can hit us up on Twitter. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. We're still handing out unicorn names. If you are just catching up on last week's episode and you would like one we're happy to do that for you and if you'd like to do something for us you can leave us a rating or a review on iTunes
0: and as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today and books in general we just don't have the time but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com all the books as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter in the meantime oh, and oh, did we mention that we had a special episode like do you think everyone knows that there was a special episode the other day Oh, well, it dropped into the feed. But if you missed it, it
1: was a special
0: episode. Last we did a special episode of Read Harder Recommendations, so you can check that out. Um, I think that was all I
1: had to say. All right. Well, then, in the meantime, happy happy reading. Happy reading.